Hey friends and welcome to the Her Armory podcast. My name is Jem and I'm so happy that you are here. Whether you're in the car on the way to work or just sitting down with a cup of coffee, know that you are among friends, women that are learning to trust and leaning into hope as we deal with the real and the raw of pursuing a life of purpose. Once again, for tuning into the Her Armory podcast, choosing to spend a few minutes with us today. I'm really excited to introduce this conversation um, for episode five of our podcast. We are talking to Sarah Moore from Eleven Lights Media about our worth and our value as women, both in the context of social media, which is Sarah's expertise, as well in the context of the gospel and in light of the gospel, which is a huge part of Sarah's life. So strap in and enjoy part one of this conversation. Part two is set to be released later on in the month, but I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it and that you can find the gold for you in this too. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate you giving us the time and sharing the gold that you have gleaned with us. So thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And now you, how how would you describe your job? You run Eleven Lights Media. And what would you say about that if you were explaining what you do to someone? Yeah, so Eleven Lights Media is essentially a content creation agency, um, but we sort of major on the video side of things. So we typically don't work with anyone who, I guess, isn't willing to do video. (laughs) Yeah, 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 but but predominantly it's just content creation, and then we we also manage social media. But the content creation is at the heart of what we do. Oh, that's awesome! Um, can you tell us something? You know, whether we know you or whether we don't know you, what is something that might surprise us about you? Um, I had I had a music production company for a hot second with. Um, my best friend it was called noise reel and we did we did one job we made like a thousand bucks and then we shut it down (laughs) so um that that was just before 11 lights media and um yeah I don't know so that was like oh gosh five six years ago now that's so awesome that's yeah I wouldn't have known that at all but I have actually seen you you know in the very rare occasion playing a bit of piano or singing a little bit on your personal Instagram. So yes. that makes a bit of sense. I didn't, to be fair, yeah, I, I didn't do anything on it in that way. I was the business. I was yeah. the business side of things and yeah. my best friend's a really talented pianist and we got one of our other friends at the time to do some singing for um, a song that we wrote for um another business and so and we recorded and everything like that but I didn't do the music so <laughs> yeah but you obviously have a, an interest in music which yeah is really definitely cool. I love music yeah oh, oh awesome so um this month we are talking about our self-worth and our value as mm-hmm. women and um I guess what has sort of been your journey with self-worth? Has this been something that you have had to work through? Yeah, definitely. Um I think everyone does to some extent because we're human yeah. and we attach our identity to various things whether it's our job or relationships or our abilities or our finances. 
and you know I believe that our self-worth comes from um, our identity so because we attach our identity to things we often fall prey to the ups and downs of life so I used to put a lot of how I felt about myself in other people and my value came from what they thought of me, which, which is basically the recipe for a life of misery, if we're honest. It is, but it's so common. We all, we all do that, don't we? Yeah, we do. I think, you know, we're just looking to be validated and valued. And if we don't get that in the, in the way that we perceive that we should, you know, it affects us. Uh, it, it affects us at our core. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that so many of us are going to relate to. I'm even specifically identifying how we put it in other people. Yeah, I'm sure there are different things we can put it in, um, but I think people is a really common one. And like you said, when you attach your self worth to to a person or to multiple people, we just end up, you know, running ourselves ragged trying to hold on to that that. Uh, approval yeah absolutely and like a, you know like even just touching on what I said at the end there like we one of the reasons we get so disappointed in life is because of our level of expectation or just our expectation in general so one of the ways people tend to combat that is you know they're like well if I don't have any expectation then I won't be disappointed and I actually used to operate a little bit like that um for, for a while in business because by nature I'm an emotional person and I was just like oh I'm not cut out for this and so I was like well if I have no expectation then I won't be disappointed but there's a downside to that too and you 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 become hard and you become you know even cold I suppose because you're trying to not have any sorry one sec can you take the dog okay sorry about that (laughs) I thought that was gonna happen um (laughs) yeah so um you know as I was just saying like I I think that you know there's a temptation to to almost like disassociate somehow just so that you you don't get hurt and you don't your expectations don't fall into that place where they're not met and then you're not disappointed but then you have the that area of becoming cold and hard because now you don't expect anything and you and you kind of it's almost like it's almost like you expect to be disappointed even though you're trying to get rid of expectation you that you're going to be disappointed and yes, you've just swapped it for a different expectation totally that's exactly right yeah I resonate so much with that um I'm naturally a very hopeful person and I find it very easy to dream about you know possibilities but then you know life sort of we get used to disappointment in relationships and in other things that we might tie our identity to and I've definitely been there where I've just like decided I'm doing the right thing you know, having no expectations means no disappointment. And if I don't put expectations on the people around me, I'm actually protecting them because then I'm not going to be disappointed in them. Mm. And that's actually protecting them from, you know, my emotions. Mm. But I love how you've identified and that's really, you know, that's given me food for thought as I'm sitting here because I'm not sure I've weeded that out completely personally in my life, but you've just 
identifying that there's a really um, negative uh, side effect, I guess, of just letting go of all expectations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what scripture have you found helpful for this issue in your life? Has how, and how has that informed you in this area? Um, I think that that's a bit of a twofold answer that I would have to this. And I will share the answer that's probably a little bit more palatable first. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, you know, there's a lot of times where we feel lousy about ourselves due to things that are out of our control, right? Like, sickness or maybe we just have a lack of resilience in a certain area for whatever reason you know maybe that's just you weren't brought up being resilient you were so protected that you never developed that that muscle or that bone so to speak um yeah and I think in those moments scriptures that talk about the goodness of God and his all-knowingness and his grace and his love are really really helpful um, and I, lo- I love the scripture, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you'll find rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And um, that's Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Because I think, Beautiful. I think in those times, you know, when our self-worth isn't what we like it to be, I, you know, I don't know if everybody can identify with this, but I know for me that when we're not, we're not always looking for validation in those times, which we're actually now just looking for a place to rest, a place to be something where we don't have to pretend that we're something that we're not. Um, And, you know, we're just looking for refuge. You know, we've exhausted ourselves feeling not good enough and feeling like wrestling with those self-worth issues that now we we actually just need somewhere to rest our head. Um, Yeah. We're like, we've come to the end of ourselves. Yes. And so, and I think when we're wrestling with self-worth honest, like for, for a lot of us, if it's not nipped in the bud, almost like immediately we tend to have to get to that place where we get to the end of ourselves. And, and like I said, by the time we get there, we just need to rest. So I just really love that God speaks about himself as a place of rest and a place of, um, you know, we can come and we can just be basically. Um, And I've just spent, you know, an intense stint in the old Testament this year. And I, I often think about the story of the Israelites and God's relentless pursuit of them, irrespective of their unfaithfulness and independence from him. Yeah. And it it really just reminds me that, you know, I'm loved and because I'm on the other side of the cross and, and, you know, the, the salvation narrative. um, I think about that timeline. So I think about, you know, the old testament the israelites i think about that timeline up into jesus up, up into jesus and what the father and jesus both had to do in order to get us to this place in history yeah and um and that's i don't know like that's not one piece of scripture it's just that narrative and that timeline but sometimes yeah. it just brings me back to that place that takes me out of myself and um keeps it just puts me in a different headspace with it all 
you know, it just reminds yeah. me that there's a bigger narrative going on. There's a bigger story that I'm a part of and that, yeah. you know, we're chosen and we're loved. Um, but the second part of my answer. <laughs> yes, is, and I'm, I'm excited about the less palatable answer. I'm ready for it. So give it to us. Oh, I just know if I articulate myself wrong, I'm going to get some pushback. <laughs> but here we go. Let's have a go. Um, it's a safe place here, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second part of this answer is that I do believe that oftentimes that, you know, particularly myself, that I feel rubbish about myself. It's because I'm not doing something I'm proud of. So maybe I'm being lazy or I didn't put in the work in order to feel good about the situation. Um, I'm not necessarily talking about sin in general, but I'm just talking about just not operating at the highest level um, or out of excellence. And so I realise that people may be put offside here, but, um, you know, I know we live in the hustle and the busy culture. Um, but funnily enough, many of us like just do barely enough or we're last minute or we're investing our lives into way too many areas. And so we just don't do anything well. And while I know it's popular and sexy to talk about the idea that we could do nothing and God would still love us. Like I completely agree with that, but he also designed us to work and to be in community and he gave us talents. And I think when you're not using the talents that he's given you, the onus then comes back on you. Like we have personal responsibility to steward our God-given gifts. And when we do that, our self-worth actually skyrockets because we're fulfilling our calling. So, um, So with that being said, um, I love the proverbs about the ants and see how they work and yeah. um, and how God hates laziness <laughs> and yeah. it's yeah. not and I don't love them because I'm self-loathing um, <laughs> but you know we live in the best country in the world and we could get by doing very little and and still manage to have a comfortable life but yeah. I think God hates that, like he hates that complacency and because he hates that inherently we do too, whether or not we can identify that. But, yeah. like, we we actually hate being lazy. We feel bad when we're lazy. And, yeah. um, you know, he's blessed us with more so he expects more. And I yeah. think within that expectation we find satisfaction and joy. But. The tr- I think the trouble is that we listen to social media and we compare ourselves and we don't spend enough time with the Lord to understand our own personal journey and so we don't know when to um, we don't know when to sort of we, we, do, we just don't understand our journey yeah and, and so if we're, if we're not self-reflective we're not able to identify is this you know, in myself, if I'm not reflective of myself, is this a stage where I need to run and rest in God or is this a stage where I need to get my butt into gear and start doing things that are going to make me feel better about myself? Yeah, and that's, yeah, exactly right. And then we go into social media and, and like, female A is, like, hustling hard and doing all this stuff and female B is, like, self-care, have a bath and female C is, like... <laughs> You know, like female C is like saying something else and then we're like, 
well, you know, this is how I'm feeling now. And so we we can falsely identify with the wrong one. Like maybe we should yes. actually be working hard, but we're like, no, I need self-care because she said I need self-care yes. and I'm feeling yes. lazy and all that kind of yes. stuff. And um, and I think that's where when we spend time with the Lord and we know our own personal journey, that's kind of that's kind of the important unlock there because if yeah. we don't understand where we are on our journey, then we can get thrown about and, and tossed about. So, you know me, everyone wants to be tickled <laughs> with a gentle word, but, but <laughs> what they need is the hard word and I'm totally here for that. <laughs> I love that. No, I love that. And I just identify so much with that, you know, um, first with what you were saying about excellence you know, if mm-hmm. I see someone, I was just telling my husband the other day, where there was like a parent race at school a year or two ago and the teachers in the parents race and there was some guy there who was still in uni studying to become a teacher and he was in this race and he literally ran 100 metres in like nine seconds or something and I cried because ex- like excellence does that to me. Watching someone else be excellent mm. brings me actually to tears and mm-hmm. God created excellence. Everything he created is excellent. And he's created us to bring that about as well. And so I, yeah. firstly, I just love that. But also, I mean, just a revelation for me in this last, you know, little while has been about work. And that sounds really simple and trite and silly, but work has been a revelation for me with health mm-hmm. being an issue for a lot of my adult years as well. I've had a really yeah. good excuse um, and... So, yeah, like it's been a, a, a huge revelation about, you know, God created us to work. It is good to work. And I've seen mm. in myself, you know, how you feel about yourself when you're contributing and how you feel about yourself when you're not. And I completely acknowledge that there's some people that don't have that choice. And so mm. if they're in a, you know, they're, if they're, you know, so sick, they don't have that choice, then I understand where they are. But it's just really true that, yes, there's times when we have to go to God and rest in him. But there's times when it's actually the results that we're getting are because of what we're doing. And while God loves us and he He cares for us and he'll give, up the, give us that refuge and strength when we need it, he can't do a lot with something that's not moving. You know, yeah. they talk about that moving ship. You know, God can take you and do things with you if you're, you know, that ship that's moving. He can redirect yeah. it. But if you're sitting yeah. stagnant, waiting for something to feel better, to, you know, find what your calling is, then, and you're sitting there not moving, then God can't direct you which way. And so I think that when we're not finding our calling and we're not doing what God created us to do excellently, like you've just identified, that can really affect our self-worth. So I, I, I love what you've said. Yeah. And just on that, I can't watch people sing. I can't watch TV shows about people singing because I cry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I totally feel that. I can't watch. I literally can't watch anything. But you're right. It's like actually excellence. It could be an excellent drama. It could be anything yes. excellent. It just brings me to tears. And so yes. I just watch The Office because then I don't yes. cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the TV. I'm. I've been watching Firefly Lane. It's just come out on Netflix a little oh, bit, and that is the you most. Like it? I love it, but it's the most dramatic thing I've allowed myself to watch in years because I can't handle anything going wrong, any mm-hmm. drama. I'm just watching happy, you know, Gilmore Girls, Friends. Oh, my gosh, I'm going through yeah. Gilmore Girls again too. <laughs> it's so good. Whenever I need to just that refuge that you were talking about, mm. you know, I just, that's very um, comforting to me. But, yeah, Firefly yeah. Lane, I'm, yeah. I'm breaching out and I'm 
you know, allowing myself, my heart to be broken by a story on, on Netflix. Oh, so I need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with your wealth of experience in the social media world, what part do you feel social media has to play in women's battle with self-esteem and their value, if any? Um, I'm so glad you wrote if any at the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean... I would be shocked if you'd never heard me talk about this before, but I, you know, I think social media is neutral. I think it's like, it's an innocent party in all of this. And I think that the question comes back to personal responsibility again. And if you're allowing these messages to toss you to and fro, then that's on you. And, you know, it makes me think of James, which is by far one of my favorite books of the Bible because it's so practical. Um, Yeah. But it says, I think verse five to eight, um, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to, to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Yeah. Um, I am not a preacher. So no one cut me down for loosely applying this to an area of life. But I think if you're asking God for answers in your life in general, like you're spending time with him, um, and I believe the answers genuinely equate to wisdom because if the Lord has given you an answer, like surely that is wisdom, right? Yes, so yeah. if, he, if he's giving you answers to questions that you have, then and then you turn to social media holding these questions before you you're putting yourself in the position to be double-minded and unstable and and essentially untrustworthy so I think as women we're incredibly strong in all areas of our in sorry in many areas of our lives and social media should 100% be one of them like if you're feeling emotionally bankrupt don't go on social media (laughs) don't don't scroll for hours put your phone away um like I always say create don't consume because that always makes you feel good especially if you're in business like if you're listening to this and and you're not someone who actively posts on social media then that's a different story that's but I always tell business people to create before they consume um because it's you and only you who can control that and you know, like I feel like sometimes people are waiting for the Sunday sermon to be a personally handcrafted letter delivered by the angel Gabriel from the chambers of the Lord asking them to do very specific <laughs> stuff like reduce your social media consumption. But it's not going to happen like that. Like make decisions you would be proud of and make decisions that God would be proud of. Like social media is not the be all end all and if you make those small decisions to be present instead of escaping through your phone you'll give yourself grounds to be proud of your choices and it will be easier to do again and again um and I think that you know in those moments where you you know if you're like you normally pick your phone up after dinner and watch tv or like something like that you know if you make the choice not to do it that one night and then you're able to be like present with your husband or your kids or maybe you go and read a book instead like yeah you 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 just feel better you feel more empowered to do it the second time you know what I mean 
Yeah, absolutely. Having done it that one time is you're so much more able to do it again. Yeah, because you know it didn't kill yeah. you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you survived. So sorry to stop it there, guys, but that is part one of our conversation with Sarah. Thank you so much, Sarah, for all that you've already offered to us. But guys, hold on. Tune in next time for part two of this conversation. It is worth the wait to listen to the rest of this conversation. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you very soon. Thank you for listening to the Her Armory podcast. To keep up to date with all things Her Armory, follow us on Instagram, H-E-R underscore A-R-M-O-U-R-Y. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast too. Thank you.